But the third level, which I think uh, also connects at least, uh, you know, the schus that uh, that we had and, and any chavrusa, that is, there's a beautiful Rambam in the Pirish Mishnayis and Pirkei Avos. On the Mishnah, Kneilacha Chaver. The Chaver for a higher purpose. What does that mean? A relationship where the two involved cannot achieve separately what they want to achieve unless they're connected to each other. And together they could achieve that goal. Shalom from Jerusalem and welcome back to another episode of the Current Podcast. Uh, this episode is going out on Lub Ba'omer, the day before Lug Ba'omer. Um, and so this week's episode is uh, very appropriate. Um, one of the lessons that, that we all remember of Sfirat Ta'omer being Rabbi Akiva's um, truism, that you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's a central tenet of the Torah. Um, Ari and I, of course, are, are very good friends, um, but our guests this week um, are the perfect people to speak to um, about friendship and Torah values. We were delighted to be joined on this week's episode by Rabbi Shalom Rosner and Rabbi Arie Libowitz. Now, neither of our guests need much introduction, uh, but we can say that both of our guests are uh, Musmachim of Yeshiva University. Both of our guests are community rabbis, and both of our guests give popular Dafyomi Shirim and other Shirim online, um, reaching uh, far more probably than Rabbi Akiva's 24,000 students, but tens of thousands of students worldwide um, with their Dafyomi Shirim, Parashat Shirim, Halacha Shirim. Um, they're just reaching huge, huge um, audiences, thank God, um, around the world who are learning Torah from them on a daily basis. That's right. This was a, a huge personal pleasure uh, and privilege for myself and Arie, both of us um, big fans and, and students of both Rav Rosner and Rav Leibowitz. Um And so it was a huge privilege and pleasure to talk to them both. Uh, so without further ado, let's go. It is a genuine honor to welcome two superb guests this week to the current podcast, uh, Rabbi Ari Leibowitz Schlitter and Rabbi Shalom Rosner Schlitter. There is no one better to join us uh, for our discussion this week about friendship as a Jewish or a Torah value. Uh, Rabbis Libowitz and Rosner, as well as being two leading Torah teachers with tens of thousands of hours of shirim online, including two of the most popular Dafyomi shirim, uh, and hundreds of thousands of students around the world have been chavruta and friends for many years. So thank you both, Rav Rosner and Rabbi Libowitz, for joining us this week. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, if we could start just from your own experiences, I suppose, or um, you know, from your own thoughts, um, what do you think the the role of a chavrita is, uh, both in terms of learning and in life? The Gemara, of course, says "Oh chavrita or mituta," you know, give me a give me a chavrita or, or give me death. Um, but sort of in your own words, from your own thoughts, your own experiences, how, how does that uh, speak to you? Abalewut, if you'd like like to go first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, normally, I, I, I always prefer to defer to Rabbi Razor, but may, maybe we'll uh, defer to him on some of the more challenging questions. Um, the, uh, 
you know, the Chazal tell us about the Chavrusa and, you know, the, the famous line, the Gemara in the Basra and the Agalita about Eov of O Chavrusa O Misusta. And in that sense, it doesn't necessarily mean a learning Chavrusa. It really is uh, probably a reference to, to friendship that, uh, that, that everybody needs somebody that they can count on, somebody that they can confide in, somebody that can, uh, can give them Chizik. Uh, when it comes to learning in particular, um, you know, we, we often quote the phrase, Mitalmida Yoser Mikulam. Uh, but uh, people forget the uh, phrase that precedes that, uh, that precedes Mitalmida Yosem Mikulam. And that is that uh, we're told that we learn a lot from our Rebbeim, we learn more from our Chaverim, and Mitalmida uh, Yosem Mikulam, and then we learn the most from our Talmidim. Because uh, for several reasons, one of them is, is, is simply that in order to present something, you have to make it and teach it to somebody else. You really, really, really have to make sure that you understand it, that you really uh, have, a, have a thorough understanding. You can't fake it really uh, with Talmudin. Um, but but the, bef- before that, the stage before that, to develop an idea and to be pushed back on an idea and to uh, to work something out together with the Chavrusa is a, uh, it's such a valuable experience in Talmud Torah. Um, you know, a, a lot of times it's easy to fool yourself into thinking that you understand something. You don't really, you don't really understand it uh, fully. But if you have a chavrusa who's honest and a chavrusa who's uh, who's willing to push a little bit, um, you know, to say, well, wait, what does this really mean? Or, but isn't this against, uh, you know, a particular source somewhere else? Um, then, then you really have to have to work through it. I know personally in in, in my life. Um, the pedestal I hold my rebellion on, and just ha- how much I owe my rebellion for the for the amount of uh, of physical and guidance and uh, and and everything. Uh, and when when you take a moment to think, and and the chavrusa is more than that. Um, that's that's an overwhelming thought to me. That uh, that the chavrusa is more than that. So you know, I mean, this wasn't really. This is more like a Rebbe Talmud kind of chavrusa than a regular uh, chavrusa. Rabbi Rosner um, doesn't look it, but he's older than me, and he's uh, definitely uh, you know always was you know much more higher achieving in uh, in. Talmud Torah than uh, than I am, um, so you know it, it was kind of a quasi Rebbe slash uh, Chavrusa kind of uh, kind of relationship, but one that I continue to be uh, extremely extremely grateful for. Uh, just the um, just first thing, again, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be with Rabbi Leibowitz. Rabbi Leibowitz and I usually have a question and answer session in the summers in Camp Kaley, but uh, but this one is a little more. Uh, um, official for the world, and again, it's uh, it's a tremendous chus to be able to uh, to share words of Torah and specifically talk about topics that we're connected to uh, in this uh, in this venue. Um, uh, for again, uh, just to add on a couple of points to what uh, Rabbi Leibowitz uh, mentioned, and that is number one, a chavrusa forces you to be there. You know, we could have all the great uh, ritzonos in the world to try to to uh, you know to learn and to be kovei itim. But if somebody else is going to be there, if you're part of a, a one chavrusa or a chabura, just lomaisa, lomaisa, it's 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 an achrayas, it's an achrayas, and uh, and one has to and that already, no matter before even the content, I'm there and I have to be there because I know somebody is uh, is waiting for me. Number one, number two, as the Adon Jarlibu had said, it's uh, there's a better chance of getting to the MS, you know, when uh, and getting to the truth when when one is uh, you know talking with somebody about it. Uh, joining forces, and and that's the ultimately po- ultimate part of Talmud Torah to try to uh, to gain uh, the greatest understanding. 
And uh, the more we talk about it with others, and the more we bounce off ideas with others, the more that that um, I need to get to the MS, get to the depths. You know, that's the greatest uh, the greatest goal that we have. But the third level, which I think uh, also connects at least uh, you know the schus that uh, that we had. And, and any chavrusa, that is, there's a beautiful Rambam in the Pirish Mishnayis and Pirkei Avos. On the Mishnah, Kanelacha Chaver. The Rambam there talks about three types of friends, or three types of relationships that one could have. The lowest level, the Rambam says, is a, is a business relationship. You know, I'm a, I have a truck company, and you have a lumber, you have a forest. So we work together. I supply the trucks, you supply the lumber, and together we, we make it work. It's a business relationship, and, and nothing more than that, and nothing deeper than that. Uh, the second level up, the Ramam says, is a, is a chever l'toelis. A chever, uh, or l'dvar, that was number one, a chever l'toelis. Number two is chever l'dvar hana'a. A best friend, a good friend, you enjoy being with them, you enjoy uh, you know, spending time with them, going places with them, and uh, that's enjoyable. That's deeper than the first one, but not as deep as the third. The third category is chever l'dvar nala. The chever for a higher purpose. What does that mean? A relationship where the two involved cannot achieve separately what they want to achieve unless they're connected to each other. And together they could achieve that goal. I've used this often in, uh, whether it's a Sheva Brachas or a wedding, that, you know, the ultimately the Chazan and Kala, to achieve that bias Naman, you know, that's the, that's the ultimate example. One example, and that is people learning Torah together. A Rebbe Talmud, a Chavrus is together. That's a joining of souls, a joining of, of a connection that together to connect to the Dvar Hashem, together to, to be involved in the most sublime of, of, um, of activities. You know, that's something on a, on a, on a metaphysical level, connect Chavrus's who spend so many hours together. Um, you know, that, and that is, uh, is an amazing um benefit uh, besides the practical benefits of being there and getting to the MS, but that's something that uh, connects. Outside of outside of the base managers also, Chavrusas, you know, speak to each other, ask aces of each other, you know, they, it builds a, uh, a relationship which, you know, from that time on, you know, we always remember what we learned together and, and experiences and you know, that could build for the rest of life as well. I would say, uh, if I could just uh, jump back in again and, and, and add, you know, I know some people that uh, w- when they check out a shidduch for, uh, for a young lady, they will, will not uh, go forward before talking to the boys Chavrusa, um, because uh, along the lines of what Beraz said, they find that, uh, you know, that if, if you have a serious Ben Torah who's been learning in yeshiva, he spends most was waking hours with his, with his chavrusa. So there's no one that better knows uh, the young man's mitos. There's uh, no one that, that, that better knows, uh, you know, how, how he is at developing a respectful and uh, and, 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 and strong relationship than, than his chavrusa. I remember when, uh, when Razer and I uh, used to learn together first uh, in person for a few years before he made Aliyah, um, and then we tried it over over the phone for a little bit. But um, when uh, when we were learning um, Daf Yomi together, Together and uh, uh, you know th- th- there were times where our wives would uh, would joke that uh, that we see each other more than we see them and uh, that that's that's the nature of a especially a daily chavrusa especially a davyomi chavrusa where you can't miss any days um, so uh, you know there's Motzei Shabbos running over to our uh, house you know all these uh, uh you know in my basement uh, learning and all 
all of these uh, these 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 uh, odd times where you wouldn't expect chavrusa uh, to happen. And like Rabbi Raza said, it's it's that kind of um, it's that kind of consistent uh, relationship, and and it, it obviously clearly uh, spreads beyond the base medrash. And before Rabbi Leibowitz, you mentioned um, as well as chavrusa, obviously. Um, the important role your obeying plays in your life and the, 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 the place that you, you know, place them on a pedestal in that way. Can you talk a little bit about who, I'm both of you, starting with Rabbi Leibowitz, talking about who were those, who were your influences, those Rebbeim that had that big impact, that had those influences on you both in learning and also in teaching Torah? Right, so uh, when it comes to Rebbeim, um, there are, there, there are, a few, uh, many roles that a Rebbe plays. Um, one is uh, the Rebbe that inspires you to want to learn. The Rebbe that uh, that, that first ignited you uh, in, and and caused you to uh, to sort of wake up to the beauty of Talmud Torah. Uh, very often, it's just by sheer force of his personality that you just look at the person and say, uh, "I want to be more like that." Um, and then there's also the role of Rebbe, who who actually fills you with with Torah knowledge. You know, Moreno Rav Shechter Shlita would often uh, tell us that uh, that he thought that when boys get married, they should ask their high school Rebbe to be Masadar Kiddushin. He said because by the he said they always ask me, what are they asking me for? By the time they get to me, they're ready into learning. They already uh, they already know how to learn. It's the high school Rebbe who who got them interested in learning, which was very generous of him to assume that it was in high. School, <laughs> that everyone got into learning, um, but uh, but but you know. So personally, in, in my life, uh, I, I I had so, you know I was blessed with so many great rebbeim uh, throughout. I would say the one who probably had more of an impact in my life, both uh, personally and professionally, as far as igniting my desire to learn and my desire to teach. Is uh, Rabbi Israel Kamenetsky, um, who is the uh, Rashiva Menahel at uh, DRS High School in Woodmere. He was also my boss for uh, for eighteen years. So people used to say, "Oh, you speak so highly of him because he's your boss." You know, he signs your paychecks. So first of all, he he didn't sign my paycheck. Second of all, he no longer signs. You know, he he's no longer my boss, and I I still uh, you know uh, absolutely absolutely revere him. Um, and uh, th- through the years, I was so had to have Rabbeim such as Rabbi Baruch Simon and Rav Mordechai Willig and my, my 11th grade Rabbi Rabbi Hecht and Rav Aaron Silver and Karen Biavna but, but the, the one and, and, and more recently Rav Asher Weiss not in a formal setting but more of an informal uh, kind of way but but the one Rabbi that, uh, that you know if, if, if you ask me who who my Rebbe is? Who the, who's that go-to person? Who's the person that filled me with, uh, you know, with, with so much Torah? And, 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 you know, he can only fill you as large as the Kli is, and uh, the Kli's not big enough to, to be able to receive uh, the Torah that, that that he offers. And the Midos and the personal example is Moreno Rav Shechter Shlita. And it's, it's still a constant, you know. I still, there's, a, a person has a certain sense of, uh, I think should have a certain sense of of awe, almost uh, almost a sense of fear of of, of a rebbe. Um, it doesn't, uh, you know, it, it's it's a little different than a friend. Um, I see Rav Shachter, I still shake a little bit every time, even though every, every time I go over to ask him a question, even though I see him every single day. He's he's we 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 teach from the same base medrash, and uh, and he's. He's extremely uh, warm and patient, extremely patient. Anyone could just walk over to him and take as much time of his as he wants. Sometimes it's frustrating to see how many people take advantage of, of, of that. 
and um, and still, I, I, you know, I shake a little bit uh, each time I have an opportunity to talk with him. Just uh, the the and and I'm one of thousands inspired by his um, personal example, his Talmud Torah. His hasmada, I get to see that every single day. Just uh, he's const- he's in the base medrash seven days a week. He's constantly learning, and and his harbata satora, his willingness to share of himself, is something that we you know as talmidim we aspire to, but none of us quite match. <laughs> you know, maybe collectively we're we're trying, but uh, it's it's really an incredible incredible zuchus to to be able to sort of be in that uh, in in his sphere of influence. Uh, Lewis and I were, have been in uh, similar institutions, uh, so we have some of the uh, overlapping Rebbeim. Obviously, Rabbi Shechter was in. Uh, Shechter was a tremendous influence as well in, in my life. Uh, the Rebbe, let's say that I would say, influenced me the most in terms of Talmud Torah is Moriv uh, Rabbi Rosenzweig. I was in Yeshir for um, a number of years, and um, he really, on, on many levels, why did I choose Yeshir? People ask me. Um, I don't know exactly. Something pulled me. Something, uh, you know, Hashkacha had it. I, I don't know exactly, but um, um, he 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 shapes Talmidim in terms of how they think, in terms of the types of questions to ask, uh, the svar, the the how do you how do you look at Rishonim? How do you Rishonim? How to how to read Rishonim to appreciate their words in terms of the Shalshelas Hamsora. Um, how to structure sugyas and the power of formulation. I s- say this often to my ta- my own Talmidim. Sometimes I remember sitting in the shir. I was in the shir for seven years, and he'll say uh, he'll just say a line. I'm like, yes, that captures like, like the f- the power of formulation when you get that right word, and you have to have a clear understanding of everything to be able to give that formulation, and and to get so excited about it. Like that's what I've been trying. Not just not just Maisa, but but the English formulation with all the nuances um, and th- that power and looking for it as and and, and, the, and the difficulty and like a week after we did a sugi he'll come in I was thinking about it more and he'll come back to it because it never stops outside of the the content though I think there's two other um, two other points number one is uh, his uh, humility his his self-effacing. Um, you know, not not putting himself in the center. He learned this from his own Rebbe, Rav Lichtenstein, who is, it's, it's, sometimes when we saw Rav Lichtenstein used to come to YU and you see them both together, it's it, it was fascinating. It's the uh, the humility of Rav Rosenzweig, really part of uh, a larger balanced Balmidos, um, you know, person who every every decision in life, I would talk to him before and then he would never tell me what to do, which is also like, <laughs> yes or no, no, these are the issues. This is, this is what, uh, what has to, what has to think about. Uh, but again, but, but it's all because it's part of, uh, somebody who, who, uh, leads by example, not just in the, in the classroom, but out of the classroom. Um, and it's really something that I, uh, it's a tremendous uh, to be able to be called one of his Talmudim. If I could just, um, you know, uh, learning with Rav Raza, I, I was never in Rav Raza's I don't think I ever would have understood it if I was. But, uh, you know, uh, learning from Rav Raza all those years, um, I, I, I always felt that I was like a Talmud once removed, you know, like there was more, one degree of, uh, of separation from Rav Raza's Now, again, uh, my, my son, Yisrael, is in Rav Raza's and I, I remember... Um, 
when uh, when I saw Rosenzweig at, at a wedding once or a bar mitzvah or something many years ago, and I had just started learning with Rabbi Rosner, and I, I went over to Rabbi Rosenzweig, um, I introduced myself, and, uh, you know, he was very kind and gracious, even though I probably forgot my name because I was so terrified. And uh, and, and, and and I said, oh, I, I learned with uh, one of your outstanding uh, Talmidim. And he said, who's that? You know, he loves his Talmidim. His eyes light up when you talk about his Talmidim. I've never seen a Rebbe respect his Talmidim as much as Rebbe Rosenzweig respects his. Now I see it in Yeshiva even more. Like, he can't imagine one of his Talmidim not making it into Kololelio, not getting, uh, you know, the, the honor scholarship. They're amazing. They're, they're great. They're, he, he really, uh, so, so his eyes lit up. So, uh, so I said, oh, uh, Rabbi Shalom Razner. He said, oh, he's, he's not one of my most outstanding Talmudim. He's my most outstanding Talmud. He's, uh, so uh, so that, that, that line always stuck with me. And I, I love watching Rabbi Razner squirm every time I say that story. It's <laughs> 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 totally, totally true. Story. Um, I, I'll also say that uh, my son Yisrael told me that that Rav, uh, Rav Nussbacher told him, and maybe I don't know, Rabbi Rosner, if you can confirm this, you never told this to me, that when Rabbi Rosenzweig used to give a bechina, he doesn't do this anymore, I mean, he gives bechina still, but he, he used to grade it himself, and in order to get your bechina back, you had to go personally to his office and get it from him? Is that, do you recall such a thing? Uh, I did not. I just know that the first semester in the shear, I didn't open my mouth. Um, Rav like calls on people um, in the shir. So I sat behind a chavrusa of mine, Azriel Rosner, no relation, but I learned with him for four years in Ramat Bechemesh. So you can't say they're Rav Rosner from Bechemesh because there are two of them. Uh, so I remember I sat behind him. He was very tall and it was very good and I was protected. Uh, the first second, first day of second semester, I think he had graded the Bechinus himself. I think that's true. So the first day of second semester, he said, who's Shalom Rosner? So I had to identify myself and come out from hiding uh, at that time. So I, I don't, uh, I didn't have to go get it, but, but he, he definitely takes personal interest um, in the Talmidim, just related. I don't know if I interrupted or Leibowitz, but just one, one related related point to that. And I think it's part of the comment that, w- that was made. He is Don Lekavschus Talmidim in a tremendous way. He'll call on people and somebody will say something and I'll say something, which was totally off base. But he'll say that's exactly the Rashba, excellent, because he he he's he's so machshiv the Talmudim that everybody understands everything that he does that he thinks that that's what we actually meant, and um, you know it it's it it makes the person feel good, it makes you try harder, and it it's it's really um it's a, it's a beautiful meter to try to replicate in terms of the of the covet of the Talmudim as as a reliever would said. And, you know, I, I don't know that story, but that's what happened to me. <laughs> I can tell you that, that uh, the, the, my, my aha moment, you know, when I was learning the Rav and I was like, oh, that's what it's like to be a Talmud of Rav was we, we were learning a Rashi and uh, Rav Raz just says, he like jumps, you know, you know how Rav gets, he gets very excited. So he like jumps out of the seat and he says, this Rashi is terminologically laden. And I was like, what? What is the terminologically laden Rashi? And uh, that, that's, uh, you know, my guess is that that's a Rav Rosenzweig uh, phrase, that it's, uh, you know, laden with heavy terminology that has to be lumbicized, um, which was also a word that I heard often. Um, I'm safe, I'm eight. About a year, a year, year and a half ago, uh, one of the very first episodes of the current podcast that we recorded was about the concept of G'daylem, um, certainly sort of from a uh, central Orthodox, modern Orthodox point of view. Um, and 
what came out was that the modern idea of a gadol is perhaps different to a more uh, right-leaning or you know an older idea that a gadol sort of sits alone, that he's like the Talmud Chacham, he's the, the person who, who serves as the inspiration. Um, I wonder if you could speak to sort of, without trying to sort of challenge your, your humility, um, you know, more, more than is necessary, but how does one go from, you know, a chavrata, a, a young guy in a, in a yeshiva and a kolal, um, to being sort of a, a leading Torah teacher as, as both of our guests are, um, sort of how does sort of the, the the role of friendship? How does the role of chavratus sort of having someone there, sort of along with you as you are growing in Tara? How does that um, how does that come into play? I think Rabbi Leibowitz has been been first a couple of times. So if I go to, to Rabbi Rosner first this time. So, so again, to, to understand your question, how does the chavrusa help the how, influence in, of the of your growth? Yeah, yeah. As in, you know, as as well as sort of being that person who is there to challenge you and make sure you do really understand your learning and to sort of solidify your grasp of of a Rashi or a Tosfos or whatever. Um, but how does sort of having that person along with you as you grow in Torah, hopefully growing alongside with you, how does how does that uh, come into play? Not necessarily in terms of like literally understanding what you're learning, but in terms of growth as a, as a as a person. So you look to the God or you look to Rav Shechter, to, to whoever it is, as you know, who one aspires to be as a teacher, as, as a Torah teacher. But uh, what role does sort of a friend or a Chavrusa play uh, on that journey? Again, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't think that, um, just speaking personally, that um, there's, there's never a time that, that you think about this is what I want to be in 20 years. This is what I want to be. It's not like there's a plan uh, of, of, or a specific position. Um, I don't think I really would thought, you know, I'm going to want to be in charge of the Smicha program in 20 years. That's a, that's a goal of mine. It's not, it's not something that, that is conscious. No, I think one just tries to do, you know, what the Misima, the tough kid in front of them at the time, uh, the learning, obviously having somebody doing it with you and, and, and supporting um, you and, you know, when I was in, uh, Woodmere before Aliyah, you know, we had kind of had parallel shuls. One was a couple of years, uh, ahead of the, uh, ahead of the other one. Um, so it's fun that I like to look at Rabbi Leibowitz's shul and, you know, think back to, uh, to the earlier years, but, but definitely having, having Rebbeim, having, having, uh, Chaverim, uh, as one goes through any stage of life, um, and the value system shared and the, um, and the growth that's, you know, that is, uh, that, that is needed based on, you know, the chizuk that you get within Beit Shemesh, there are three different rabbi WhatsApp groups. And it's, it's, it's tremendous to give, to give chizuk for each other. Um, uh, I don't think there was a, like, like the beginning of your question, I don't think there's a, a question of, you know, what, um, you know, what was the plan? It's all Siyat HaDashmaya. It's all Siyat HaDashmaya. Where person is and, uh, and where, uh, where they end up and all the different factors that are involved. HaKadosh uh, helps, you know, helps, helps move things along. And I, was, I tell Tamidim, you can't think that far ahead. There are certain goals, but you know, it, it, just a look in front of you. Look in front of you right now. What does HaKadosh Baruch want for me now? What does he want for me now? This is what he wants for me now. And then when a decision comes to a position or a job, or so then then, then you deal with it. But, but one, one can't, um, you know, limit themselves 
and and say this, this is what I'm going for and this is no, I never saw myself as a as a shul rabbi. I never when I remember when I was in Smich, I remember I thought I was in the, the going into Chinuch. Um Rabbi Libos will probably talk about accounting, but uh but oh, I, I thought I was uh I was I was gonna go I, I had no interest and then just I was in Bar Park, my wife was in medical school, it just so happened that there was a a shul starting in Woodmere that um, that seemed to fit, and uh, in Seattle Deshmaya, then that's all. Uh, you know, we just we just follow along a Kaddish Baruch Hu's path. We try to do our best. We try to work hard. We try to make a Kiddush Hashem. One of my favorite Chazals is the end of Maseches Yuma. That the God's name should be beloved through you when people look at you. So that's what we try to do. Uh, but again, having having chavrusas, uh, having uh, friends uh, along the way who share your values and uh, and push each other along—that for sure, uh, the trajectory is just uh, strengthened in that way. I, I would um, echo uh, Rabbi Razo's point about um, th- there is no like game plan that uh, you know long term. Uh, you know, I want to achieve. X, Y, or Z. I want to be someone who, uh, you know, very few people are, are, are able to, to plan in that way, certainly in this field. One of my rebellion of silver told me when we were talking about whether I should go into the field of Rabbanus or to go to law school, um, he, he, he told me, you know, that the, 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 one of the challenges of going into Rabbanus is that you will not be able to predict where you're going to be in 10 years from now. If you go to law school, you know, you pretty much have your path charted out for you. You'll spend three years in school, you'll do well, you'll get a job at a big firm, you know, depending on the school that you went to, and, and you know, and, and you'll know exactly what the trajectory is. Um, there, there's no real clear trajectory. You know, in, in the biography of Rav Vadio Seif, it says that when he was, uh, it has, a, a, they actually have a picture of his own handwriting. When he was 16 years old, he made a list of all the svarim that he plans on writing throughout his life. And then for the next eight years, he spent writing those svarim. Um, that is rare. <laughs> that is a very, very rare breed um, that, that a person uh, could do something like that. But like Robert Rosa said, you take it day by day. You do your best, and um, you'd be surprised what kinds of doors open up for you. Neither of us would have predicted, you know, when we were in yeshiva, neither of us would have predicted that we would have given the path that we've taken or that we have have the opportunities that we've had. Um, the, the very concept of Torah on the Internet didn't exist when we were in yeshiva, and it's played such a critical role in our uh, ability to, uh, to to develop relationships with Talidim and to share Torah in terms of quantity of, uh, of, 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 of people that we're able to connect with. You can't predict something like that. You know, we, we never would have been able to, uh, to. So you just day by day and you take the opportunities as they come. Um, I'll say just like the role of, of a Chavrusa and of Chavra in, uh, in developing as a teacher of Torah said so in the early years, it was actually very direct uh, in the sense that, um, you know, we were both giving drushes every Shabbos. So Rabbi Rosner would, you know, come across an idea on the parsha, and he'd say, what do you think of this idea? And I would say, I love it. He's like, yeah, but it's a shalashud, it's not a drasha, you know, and, and, uh, and we, do, we, do, we, you know, we would talk through um, different ideas and like, how do you bring it down? How do you, how do you, know? how do you, what's the message? What's the message of this idea? What, what, what do I, what am I giving the people to take home with them? 
time. And you just like in a very real way just to be able to talk through what what challenges, you know, uh, we, we were seeing um, uh, people are going through and what they needed to hear about um, to, to help uh, to help formulate formulate the messages, you know, to see uh, the preparation, uh, even even still now that uh, hopefully Rabbi continues to prepare for publication, the, uh, you know, the Shabbat Shuvah and the Shabbat Zagadol Drashat and the, uh, the thought process. So that was, that's a very real practical um, help to be able to sort of go through that with someone, to see someone going through that process. You know, in, in our case, or in my case, um, when, when we were learning together, um, Rabbi Razer's star was rising, uh, you know, in, in, in America, um, you know, already, uh, whatever it was, 20 years ago. And, um, like, you know, he was on the fast track to be a Rosh Yeshiva NYU, and his shul was one of the most, the fastest growing shuls in the five towns. And, you know, he had this tremendous ava to, to, to Eretz Yisrael, and he wanted to, uh, to always go back to, uh, to Eretz Yisrael. Um, but like the, the, seeing like the, his star rise was was a great way, first of all, to humble me, um, you know, to, to make sure that, uh, you know, if, if a couple of people tell you you did a good job, you know, in saying a shir or in uh, doing something like, OK, yeah, but, you know, this is small potatoes you know, by, by, by comparison. But it also just uh, helps uh, give give uh, the confidence that that you're on the right path and that you're doing the right thing because you, you get to see. You can't always accurately assess um, your own uh, ability to, to to be mashpia and to teach Torah, but it's it, you're, you're a little less nogebedover when you look at somebody else. So, uh, and when you're taking a similar path to somebody else, and you see how how, how they're doing and the kind of impact that they had, and like. Rabbi Razan would like pull up these emails sometimes that he would get from people, um, you know, just describing how his Torah changed their lives. And he wouldn't like share it so much publicly, but, you know, but I, you know, in, in those days before, um, yeah, they, you know, I, before I had ever seen anything like that, um, it was inspiring to know that uh, you, you have to realize 20 years ago, it wasn't so much with that you know, like, uh, it wasn't like, uh, is this really the right thing to do? Is this something that we should, you know, and, and, and seeing that, you know, it just sort of gives you confidence in, in, in the path that, uh, that, that you're choosing and the path that you're going in. So you both mentioned, um, your roles in terms of, um, leading communities about building Kahilas. Like, what do you, what do you think it means to build a Torah community or a Torah focused Kehla, Rav Rosner. Um, the uh, I don't think there's uh, one definition. I don't think there's one. Uh, you know what is a Torah community? I think there are many different Torah communities in Eretz Yisrael and in and in the world. I think the first step is to um, to recognize the Kehla. You know the Rav has to know. You know the Rav, the Rav has to to be there to uplift his congregants. And the first step is to know the congregants. If he's going to come and start giving uh, Reb Chaim's and Ksosachoshans when the uh, congregation is, is needs to be inspired in a different way, then it's not going to, it's not going to succeed. The first step is to, to recognize the Kehillah. And um, I remember one of my, uh, one of the teachers, got who it was in, uh, in, in, in Smicha, with two comments that, that, um, that I think about often as in, in terms of the position that I have. Uh, number one, he's one, uh, one of the rabbis said, no, there are two kinds of rabbis. There are Lamdanim Rabbanim and the Batlanim Rabbanim. 
What does that mean? He says, there are some Rabbanim that Olam Dunim, they learn, they want to inspire, they want to give the shiurim, they want to teach, they're amazing, they're going to uplift. But they also have to go to the sisterhood meetings. And they also have to sit in schmooze after the kiddush. And they have to this and they have to that. And they have to, and that one guy who who, who wants to always bugs. So their challenge is, is the, you know, the, the batalo, the batlanim. Okay, the lambda, they'll be great. But it's not batalo, but that's the lasha. But then there are the batlanim rabbanim, the ones that love to schmooze. The ones that are always the last one out of shul because they want to be the last one out of shul. And they just love to talk to every single person for five hours. Their challenge is you can't forget the the the, the, the <laughs> So whatever one has a more of a nitia to, one has to make sure that Al-Kihila needs both. They need the lumdus and they need the batada. That's number one. Another, just the other one I wanted to mention was that I remember one of the uh, Rebbeim also in one of the Smitha classes said, you have a Rav has to take uh, his position very seriously, but not take himself so seriously. Meaning one has to always make sure that we re- we remember <laughs> that we represent in the We represent, you know, uh, the, the connection. The Gemara talks about sometimes Adam Chash of Shiny, that people look at at, at, at the Rav. And they and the Rav has to, you know, both in how he talks and, and how he behaves and and different uh, different uh, places that he frequents, whatever it might be. He has to take his position very seriously himself. Not so seriously. I remember one time I, I wrote this in, uh, in an article a couple of years ago. I wrote uh, I might have been Corin. I don't remember what was it that, what it was. It was uh, the Rav on Thanksgiving and blessing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I remember so I wrote the uh, I wrote the forward in that. So it was, it was all about. The Rav I never met. They wanted, like, yeah, to use the yeah. Rabbi Leibowitz's lashon before. It was a cliche like my Rabbeim. When I came to MTA, the Rav was already ill. I never heard him give a shear. Um, so I started off that, that article with uh, when my older daughter was about uh, five or six. She answered the phone, remember back in Woodmere? And somebody uh, asked her, is, is the Rav home? So my daughter answered, the Rav's on the wall, but my father's home. Would you like to talk to him? <laughs> so I remember I was standing there. That, that put me into my place. That, uh, you know, that's, but again, taking your position seriously, but not taking yourself so seriously. It's good to have, uh, again, the Azer Kinegdo to also do that, to, uh, to make sure that uh, you know, we don't take ourselves so seriously. And um, you know, that's what we have to, uh, in terms of, again, a Torah Kihila, now we have to do what we can in terms of the batala, in terms of the Torah. Obviously, little by little, moving the goalposts, you know, as uh, or whatever the lashon is called, you know, to be able to uh, to to raise the uh, to raise the bar in terms of halacha, in terms of shemirah uh, mitzvos. But uh, again, there's no secret formula, but we try to do our best. It's great. This is the first time I, I think I, I ever feel like I, I can confidently say I'm a London um, because I'm definitely the last guy out of Shulat the Kiddush. That is not something I want to be, but uh, you know, sometimes we're, uh, we're forced to be. My wife is definitely uh, of, of the Batlanim uh, <laughs> so, uh, so compliments each other uh, nicely. Um, uh, I, you know, I, when, when I speak to the students, and maybe you know, I should just highlight that uh, while my title in YU is director of the Smicha program, as far as those two elements, uh, as Rabbi Razor so beautifully formulated, the Lamdanim and the Batlanim, um, my uh, primary job is really on the Lamdanim side. Uh, we have someone uh, who is exceptional on the, I hate to even use this term now, of the Batlanim side, but he's exceptional at, at training rabbis 
in, in how to connect to people, how to be there for people um, and, uh, and, and, and counsel people and uh, develop the relationships. And that is uh, Rabbi Larry Rothwax, who is just uh, an absolute star. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's really incredible. Um, so, but but I, I will point out that in the Smicha program, 90% of the time of the Talmudim is spent on the Lamdanim side, meaning uh, the, the, it's, it's a Chiddush that as a Smicha program, we even have a Batlanim side, that we even have such a thing. Many Smicha programs, most don't. It's just learn a Sivahedra, take a Bechina, and, uh, you know, and see if you know well enough. Um, but, uh, but, but 90% of the time is on that side. And I think that speaks to the nature of what a, 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 a community rabbi's primary tafkid is, meaning the primary purpose of a, uh, in my view, of a community rabbi is to inspire people to a greater sense of kirvas elokim, to uh, to inspire people to come closer to the ribbon shlolem, and um, that. That that um, inspiration of coming closer to the to the Rebbeinu Shlom will reflect itself in uh, people wanting to grow in their tefillah, people wanting to grow in their Talmud Torah, people wanting to grow in their Shmir Samitzvos, in their Chesed, and and that's the primary job of a rabbi to uplift the kihila. In order to get there, he also has to be a CEO, because um, that's part of the job also. You're actually finding now that in some of the larger shuls, they've actually split those into two jobs, where uh, one rabbi takes on more of a position of the CEO, and, and another one takes on more of a position of, uh, of, of, of the teacher of Torah and, uh, and someone who delivers the inspiration. We have a shul not, not far from here. Uh, the Young Israel Woodmere is a larger shul in America, I think, and, and they've pretty much gone with, uh, with that model. Obviously, the CEO, uh, Rabbi Axelrod, also teaches a lot of Torah and is also an inspiring personality, but his, his point of focus is to run the shul and make sure that the shul runs runs properly, because without that, you don't have the infrastructure within which to, to build. And Rabbi Shai Shechter, uh, his job, you know, uh, the son of our great Rabbi Rav Shechter Shlita, his, his job is to fill it with the inspiration and, and the Torah. He's obviously also involved on in some level of the running of the, the shul, but like at least those points of focus, like you see so clearly how how those are the two the two sides of uh, of, of the rabbanus. But but the goal has to be the kirvaselokim and, and and uplifting and inspiring the kila. And you just need to, uh, to 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 make sure that the shul is functioning properly and is running well and is a force within the community in order for people to connect to it um, in in uh, in that way. Um, I remember when uh, just uh, something about Rabbi Razan again when when Rabbi Razan made aliyah. Um, his shul was looking for a new rabbi, and you know, <laughs> you don't envy the person that has to that has to step into those shoes. Um, but uh, when when they hired uh, Rabbi Ralbag, who is is an outstanding rabbi. Um, has a different background than Rabbi Razor and I have. He's not not a YU person, so it was it was sort of megala. It revealed to us, uh, which we really I guess knew but didn't think about that. Fundamentally, the 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 um, the the majority of the makeup of the shul, of the balabats in the shul, really relate to Rabbi Ral Bag's world and background more so than you know our YU type of uh, of background. And uh, I remember of David Willick saying to me. 
Um, you see that? It's unbelievable. Look what Shalom was able to do. By the sheer force of his personality, he took that entire place on his back and 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 they bought it into what he was selling. That's so unusual. We never had that before. A YU rabbi, uh, you know, inspiring a essentially a flatbush kihila um, that, that was not really connected to, to YU in any way and 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 selling them on on, on our brand of, of 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 Torah and of Hashkafa. And they were buying into it, even though it's not bad it's not who they were, just by 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 uh by by sheer force of this example. And that's part of a Rabbi's job to be that example, to be that, you know, that face that you want to uh they they, they that that people will associate with their with their Torah growth and with their aspirations in Torah. Uh, you mentioned before, you know uh, the idea of Gedole Torah and Das Torah, and you know, and and certainly our community has a bit of a different definition, let's say, of those terms than uh, in some some other communities, perhaps. But you know, but but that that's what it really is. Meaning, in in, in a, we believe in that, right? We be, we believe in a Torah personality being a model and being someone you want to connect to in order to raise your own your own avodas Hashem. I'll just, uh, it's not really so related, but I'll just add, because I thought it was such a great vort. I heard from Ravana Lapiansky once. I don't know if, uh, how familiar you are with Ravana Lapiansky. He's really, yeah, I was in Los Angeles this uh, past Shabbat, uh, two weeks ago, and I was eating lunch at, at uh, the home of uh, Rabbi David Mahler, who's a wonderful Talmud uh, the uh, principal of a, of a school there. And he said, Am I wrong? Is Rav Lapiansky like the Rabbi Jonathan Sachs of the Haredi world? <laughs> I said, that's a, what do you mean by that? Like, that's an unusual. So I think what he meant by that is that, you know, we know that Rabbi Sachs had this incredible ability to formulate and express um, the hashkafa of the world that he comes from to a much broader segment of society, you know, not only to his world, but to, he was able to express it to non-Jews and to, you know, in a way that was meaningful and real. So I think that's what, that's what Rabbi Mahler meant, that, that Rav Lapiansky has this ability to express what is essentially Haredi hashkafa in a way that's reasonable and makes sense to a much broader segment of the Jewish, the Jewish population. But one of the things that, one thing that he said, and this is my point, I don't, I don't mean to talk about Rav Lapiansky the whole time, but one thing that, that, that he said, said is that you know the term emunas chachamim is so misused nowadays he said that uh, the danger in misusing a term is not only that you're misusing it but it usually means you're not using it where it's supposed to be used he said that, you know, when, when you use Amunas Chachamim as an explanation of why you're going to go to your rabbi to ask for investment advice, so that's bad enough. That's that's a misuse of the term. But to not use it in, in the context of aspiration for growth and appreciation that there are higher levels of Talmud Torah, and that if you understand X in Torah and you see that the rabbi or the, the, the Torah teacher or the Talmud Chacham understands more to, to aspire to that and to uh, to yearn for that level of and to trust that that there that there are deeper levels and that there are higher levels. That's what it really is, and no one's using it in that in that context. That's what it's supposed to be, and and really that's that's a rebbe's job and it's the job of a, of a shul rabbi. I think also a community rabbi to sort of set that bar. Um, so if I could ask one one final question, um, you both alluded to it a few times over the course of this conversation, um, but. Uh, you know, Rav Rosner, you now live here in Net Israel. Um, you made Aliyah uh, a number of years ago. Um, and Rabbi Leibowitz, you're still in America. Um, and I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I think I've heard you say a few times that you'd love to come to Israel 
um, but your tough kid, your you your your role is is over there. Um, how does a person identify? You both kind of, as, as you said, you know, uh, you come from similar backgrounds. You've been in similar institutions. You you learnt together. Um, you taught alongside each other. Um, how does a person sort of identify their personal tough kid, their personal role, um, being either in Israel or in Chutzlaret? Um, and sort of, yeah, how, how does, how do you come to that sort of decision to sort of uproot and, and bring your, your experiences and your influences, um, sort of to a new country? Um, and so whilst you're there, then sort of building a Kehillah, what, what, what differences are there in sort of building a community here in Israel versus America? Um, you know, could you, could you speak to that? Um, um, Again, this is a huge topic. We could have a whole podcast just on the, on this issue. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> again, my, my my children would my children's answer would be, "What do you mean? Everybody's making aliyah tomorrow." But now we made aliyah. We we made uh, a pact, so to speak, that we would never judge anybody. Nobody's there to judge. Everybody has a has a package. Everybody has their own um, you know their own decisions and their own uh, issues, which I which I continue to seriously believe. And if somebody says, I, I seriously feel that everybody, every single Jew has to recognize that the Center for the Jewish Future is Eretz Yisrael, the Center for the Jewish Past, Present, and Future, and um, and to recognize that. Um, you know, if there is a community where people don't even recognize where the center of Jewish life is, so then that's, that's a problem. But to have communities throughout, Aliyah is a very personal um, decision. One has to feel... Again, where I could where I could be the best Obed Hashem. That's one of the major issues. Again, I have friends. I have friends who are Rabbanim who came to Eretz Yisrael, uh, and they said, I'll, "I'll do anything. I just want to come to Eretz Yisrael," and that was their decision. I have others that said, "No, I I, I want to be in the be in the Rabbanis. I don't think I can do the Eretz Yisrael, and I have a tafket here, and I respect both both decisions. I don't think there's a uh, uh, especially in the rabbinate." Chinuch uh, and Rabbanus, um, especially in that area, I um, I think one has to weigh many many different uh, many different uh, values. I mean, even before we went, I spoke to many Rabbeim on both sides of the ocean, um, and it wasn't clear cut. You know, it wasn't clear cut. Baruch Hashem, we were doing good work where we were. Um, Rabbi Mordechai Willig, I remember, did not give me a bracha uh, until until there was a community. I Meaning, he saw I was involved in yeshiva in a community, uh, so I was a I was connected. I was able to to uh, get a position at, uh, in the yeshiva. But once the community happened to the then I went back to Rabbi Willig, who is really one of our. We didn't talk about Rabbi Willig so much, but he's really a rebbe about life for uh, for so many rebbeim. Not so much in terms of the content of Torah, which is a lot, but really the rebbe, a rebbe's rebbe, a rebbe for life, which is what Rabbi Willig is to uh, to both of us. Um, so then he says, okay. He says he didn't want me to give up the chinuch or the rabbanus, but he sees that now. So then he uh, he supported. I remember of Rose's wife said, "Whatever." Again, he didn't tell me what decision to make, but he said, "Whatever decision you make, try to have influence on the other side too." Meaning, if you're going to stay in America, try to figure out how to be mashpia in Israel and the other way. If you this was pre-internet uh, kind of uh, hashpa, but uh, that definitely uh, that definitely helps. But uh, again, it's a, it, it's a definitely a, it's every family uh, has to figure out for their, you know, for their for the parents, for the children, for for the larger issue where I could be the best Ovid Hashem. But at least as a possibility to think about 
to figure out if it could work because to beat the Mashiach rush, to be able to plant one's, one's, uh, one's roots in Eretz Yisrael, I think is, uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu, you know, is maybe telling us something that he hasn't said in 2000 years, you know, and Ezra Nehemiah didn't work out. 22,000 Jews came and most of them did not come. And that's part of why we didn't have a, a base Hamigdash like the first one. So we have to recognize that we have to try. We have to see if it could work, at least do the research and and, and see if Lamaisa, no, uh, Avram Avinu did not have Nefesh Benefesh. And I think it's uh, it's something that uh, it has to be on everybody's radar, whether it becomes Lamaisa today, tomorrow, whenever, you know, that is, uh, is a personal decision. Um, but one has to be honest. One has to be honest. Just in terms of the second part, and then I'll give it over to Rabbi Leibowitz, in terms of uh, kihilas, again, there are there are many uh, parallels in terms of the connection to uh, to people, uh, the uplifting that uh, Rabbi Leibowitz spoke about before. There are some issues I think in Eretz Yisrael that are different. I think there's a there's there's a less of a gashmius focus on the whole. Um, that's not what most of my dressers are about. Generally, gashmius in terms of houses and cars and clothing. Again, there is some, but uh, in terms of uh, technology, but in terms of general Gashmius, it's, it's, it's really not a f- focus. Um, you know, there's, uh, when generally, my show is many Olim. It's not really uh, uh, one of the focuses. But, but again, I think there is definitely one topic that uh, we feel here that I really did not talk about in the, in the rabbinate there, and I didn't grow up with it. And that's a connection to Am Yisrael and to Eretz Yisrael. It's something that... My, I see my kids who went to high school here, they, they, they gain a, uh, a feeling of responsibility for the um. They can't fathom that you wouldn't give a couple of years after high school to serve Kla Yisrael, whether it's in the army, whether it's Sheru Lumi, whatever it is. Again, outside of Chutzlaret, it's Torah and Chesed and Shmir Zamitzos. And in Eretz Yisrael, there's a whole other element of connection to Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael and furthering the historical process and playing the game and not just being on the sidelines. You know, again, and I'm not saying it's, you know, I don't feel that everybody should come tomorrow. How have I, everybody should come tomorrow. But uh, but in terms of, you know, is it a no brainer for every single person? I, I you know, every family has to be um, weighed and, and have an objective talk to people from the outside. Um, you know, people doing amazing work in, in Chutz Laaretz, you know, should continue doing amazing work. Um, but that's something that uh, I feel is uh, different. We try to bring the American model a little bit more, or the Chutzlaris model of having the shul as a central focus of the community. You know, that's that's something that uh, I think you know needs to happen more and more. You know, shul is not just a place to daven; it's a place to be a central focus of the community, and it's a place that should have a rabbi. And uh, you know, that's something that um, there are some values of Chutzlaris or some realities that that can be brought and hopefully more and more. The more that come, the more we'll, uh, we'll feel it. But again, the root issues of uh, Kihila, of trying to inspire people, you know, would apply, uh, would apply in both. I, I appreciate your uh, generosity in uh, saying that it's a tough kid. Um, I, I would say more that uh, my um, remaining in Chutzlars is because I'm a coward, um, not because uh, of any uh, particular tough kid. Um, I'd rather really frankly, not talk about it because it's going to make me cry. Um, but uh, you should appreciate that, um, you know, that decision, I, I sort of had a front row seat when Rabbi was making that decision, um, you know, and, and it's an agonizing one. Um, and truthfully, 
uh, at the time, uh, if, if, if you would have asked me, um, I mean, he sort of did, but I, you know, just to like say like, am I crazy over here? And like in my head, I'm thinking, yes, <laughs> you, you are you are crazy. Um, it made no sense for him. And, it, and, and as someone pointed out to me, it made even less sense for his wife. I mean, it made no sense for either one of them uh, at the time. Um, but but they, they had a calling. They had to. They had to be there, and uh, and 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 they appreciated, um, you know, the 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 place of Eretz Yisrael in our history, in our present, and in our destiny. And uh, then then it becomes a no brainer on the other side. Meaning, when you appreciate what what Eretz Yisrael is, and uh, you know, we we like to convince ourselves here that we're irreplaceable, um, and uh, you know, Rav Shachter. Uh, often comments that the cemetery is full of irreplaceable people and somehow they've all been replaced. Um, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like an easy excuse for us. And it's, there is no doubt that there, I haven't done it, so I don't know, but there's no doubt that there are much greater challenges in Rabbanus in Eretzal than there are in Chutzlaretz. Because well, here in Chutzlaretz, you know, we've been trained in a certain way and we step right into the position, meaning the model is there. It's just a matter of filling that that position. What Rabbi Raz is doing and what others like him are, are, are doing is developing the model, um, which is a, a much taller task and it's something that we're going to really need to do because uh, Baruch Hashem one thing our yeshiva is successful in is uh, a lot of our most outstanding musmachim do make aliyah um, most of our guys who go learn in the uh, in, in, in the Israel Kolo in the Bruce campus uh, don't come back <laughs> you know, they, they, uh, they, they, they make aliyah so there's got to be we're, we need to build that model for them to be able to to succeed and to thrive and to be Marbit's Torah um, you know, for the for the Jewish future. So I'm going to stop it at that, and uh, and thank you for the generous way that you phrased the question, even though we all know the truth. Um, well, uh, I think I mean just time wise, I know we have to wrap up, but um, thank you both so so much um, for really what's been a huge uh for Alex and I to be able to hear you both in conversation. Um, Rabbi Leibowitz, you talked about. The role of the Rav is Kirvas Elokim, bringing people close to Hashem. And I think both of you are doing that in such a huge and incredible way, maybe inadvertently almost, like it wasn't like Rav Rosny said, it wasn't what you set out to do, but it, it's what's happening. There's tens of thousands of people around the world, you know, bring brought closer to Torah and Hashem through what you're doing. And um, it's, it's amazing to hear from both of you a, a little bit about, I guess, the story behind that. Um, but also, I guess, in, in a similar lashon to what you said before, Rav Rosner, to be almost like a cliche to hear about your obeyim and your influences, um, it's really been an incredible opportunity for Alex and I and also our listeners as well. So thank you both so, so much. And I uh, really, really appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to spend time with Rav Rosner. <laughs> thank you so much. Always a swiss. Always a swiss. Well, that's all we've got time for for this episode of the Corin Podcast. It was really, as Alex said at the beginning, a huge, a tremendous pleasure and honor uh, to spend time with Rav Rosner and Rabbi Leibowitz, um, two incredible Talmidei Chachamim and teachers of Torah that I think we both have a huge amount of admiration and respect for. Uh, we do indeed. Um, if you'd like to be in touch with us about anything to do with the podcast or Corin in general, you can reach out. Uh, via email podcast at karenpub.com or on social media at Karen Publishers. Um, you can get 10% off uh, your next order, which hopefully will include Shalom Rav by Rav Rosner uh, from both Karen volumes Pub. one and two. Exactly, both volumes one and two from karenpub.com um, by entering promo code podcast at checkout. 
Um, and also make sure uh, if you haven't done so already uh, to take a look online for the thousands and thousands and thousands of hours um, of Divrei Torah and Shurim um, that have been produced by Rav Rosner and Rabbi Libwitz, um, just to get a sense of uh, who they are uh, and everything that they are doing. They have both spoken on a range of subjects, Parsha, Tanakh, Halakha, Gemara, um, whatever it may be. Um, there is truly something for everyone being produced by our two fantastic guests from this week. Um, so wishing everyone a wonderful Lagba Omer. And until next time, Lag Sameach. Goodbye.